This podcast is produced and copyrighted by 83 Bar Incorporated. It is presented as a general informational resource, and neither the sponsor nor the guests are rendering any medical advice. Any opinions or claims presented by the guests are their own. Welcome to The Patients Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey. Here's your host, best-selling author, Mark Stinson. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, The Patients Speak, combining the business and science innovation of healthcare with the patient voice. Today, we're going to explore a very unique side of listening to the patient through the data and data analytics. And my guest is Olga Sazanova from the company NutriSense. Thank you very much, Mark. I'm very happy to be here. Well, I think listeners may uh, perk up a little bit and wonder how a listening podcast is going to data and data science analytics. How, from your point of view, and you've had experience, you know, in all sorts of computational roles, including with Grail and 23andMe and now NutriSense, how does the data help us listen better to the patients? Well, I think fundamentally the value of data and what we call data science and analytics is to tell a story is to help us understand a broader context that we maybe aren't able to observe just through anecdotal experience. And I think with respect to telling stories about the patient experience or giving us more insight into a particular aspect of disease, data can be an amazingly objective and comprehensive tool for helping us understand what's going on. And I guess to tell that story, how do you look at the data and begin to craft the story you know, sort of through the patient's voice. In other words, you're trying to bring that data alive, aren't you? Mm -hmm. Yes. So a standard practice that, that I use when thinking about a particular question or problem is to look at it from a holistic picture, a pattern. Let's say we're studying a group of a thousand individuals and we want to understand how sleep impacts their metabolism we're going to look at those thousand individuals and we're going to ask questions of the entire data set. And we may have some statistics and some summary, you know, numbers, but then we also want what I think of as a, a vignette, an individual person. Let's look at their journey, their, you know, data over a, per a period of a month. And let's see, here's where this person got a really bad nights of sleep. And here's where we see subsequently a day or two or even three later, they're struggling to recover from carbohydrate intake in a way that they haven't before. So it's combining the, the entire data set and the rigorous statistical analyses we would run to come up with a scientifically valid answer and overlaying that with an individual's data to say, but this is what it looks like for an, a single person, not just you know a sum of a bunch of data points. Yes. And how would that then contrast to what you call the anecdotal story? You know, we don't always remember exactly what happened, perhaps, or we can't always tell what's happening with our numbers and things like that. Is that where the data then comes in? Oh, certainly. I think having uh, a record, you know, of of your experience, your environment, uh, can be extremely helpful for figuring out which anecdotes to listen to and not, you know, I think of the value of, um, of a food diary. I think a lot of people with chronic disease have, uh, they struggle to understand how what they eat may or may not contribute to their symptoms. So you could anecdotally say, well, you know, I have inflammatory bowel disease. Um, it seems like when I eat food with emulsifiers, I have symptoms, you know, I have flare ups. 
you know, you can, you can think you notice these patterns, but the right thing to do is to start keeping that diary and note every time you eat food with emulsifiers, what are your symptoms like the next one or two days and so forth. Um, and, and I think that's true within an individual's life for one person, but also across people, you might say, well, here's a person who has this experience. Okay. But is that, does that generalize? That's one anecdote. Is it true for everybody or is it true for a subset? Maybe what I just said is true for people who have had the disease for 20 years or more, but it's not true for people who are in the initial stages, right? Those kinds of examples. And one of the focuses we have on this podcast is to think about the patient journey. And again, in your experience, how, how can we use this data and the analytics and even your visualizations and, you know, storytelling to, to craft that journey? Can we better understand how uh, the patient or the, in this case, even any person is going through their health journey? Well, I think one of the most important components of the health journey, of course, is time. And that can often be the most complex to recreate, you know, in hindsight. Um, when we think about experiences people had two years ago, three years ago versus where they are now, a lot of our memory is subjective. A lot of our own, you know, and this is speaking from a personal personal experience. I've had back pain chronically since I was diagnosed with a herniated disc when I was 19. And I think back now, you know, I've been living with this condition for 20 years. Um, you know, are my symptoms today, how similar are they to what they were 10 years ago? I struggled to remember. And I kind of wish I had had, uh, you know, some data. <laughs> I wish maybe I'd had an app that every couple of days asked me, what's your pain scale today? And I could look back at all that. And as you talk about visualizations, I'd love to see, are there oscillations? Is it seasonal? You know, how does it, what about times of day, morning versus night and so forth? Um, you could see those things evolve over time. Actually, at NutriSense, one of our research studies we're carrying out now is exactly answering this question. When people enter our program, they come in with certain metabolic characteristics that we can see from their continuous glucose monitor. And the question is, what happens next? What's their journey? Do they get better um, in terms of improving their metabolic health? Uh, we expect that some people will. We are not so naive as to expect that everybody will, perhaps. There are some people who will probably benefit more we want to first see that journey over time, and then we could start to dig into it and say, okay, who had the biggest gains? Why can we help the people who didn't have perhaps the gains they wanted um, have that experience? And, and that, you know, the time component of all of that is critical. You can't just take one snapshot and say, now I understand this person's symptoms or condition. Uh, it's just a fallacy. Mm -hmm. We'll continue Mark's interview with today's guest in just a moment. Our sponsor, 83Bar, offers proven patient recruitment solutions for medical product launches and clinical trials. The team at 83Bar can help you achieve better patient outcomes, find client success stories and market reports, along with resources like videos and publications, all on their website, 83Bar.com. Well, Olga, maybe that uh, leads us to talk more about the company now. I, I was fascinated to read about NutriSense. Yes, it's a personalized wellness and you know nutrition and so forth. Many people trying to use it for weight loss. But one of the tools as part of the program is continuous glucose monitoring. So to use CGM, 
in a way that uh, I had really not appreciated. You know, I knew it for diabetes and you mm -hmm. know, so many of the sort of prescription uh, tracking, but not necessarily for nutrition and weight loss. Maybe you could give us some background on uh, the company and how it's developing that. Sure. I could take you all the way back. So the company is uh, three years old and the company started um, with our co-founders who were a um, very technical uh, software engineer. Um, uh, our COO is, uh, has decades of experience in healthcare consulting and really understands the business and the market side of things. And then our um, third co-founder is a registered dietitian who spent years working in hospital settings and, um, you know, she speaks very eloquently about this on many a podcast, but basically came to think that it's by the time people get to the hospital, uh, nutrition as a tool is often too late. If we could get to them much sooner before they have end stage, you know, renal disease due to complications of diabetes, if we could get the, to them before they even have diabetes, that's where food can really have the greatest impact. And so it was this confluence of three minds thinking about deeply about the technology, the market opportunity, and also a, a way to unlock the benefits of, of nutrition and nutritional counseling, um, you know, for many, many more people before they have a disease. Uh, that, that really um, was the core of, of the NutriSense mission. And so our mission is to help anyone reach their health potential. And by health potential, we don't necessarily limit it to weight loss goals or uh, people with diabetes who want to reduce their symptoms or reduce, you know, get their blood sugar under control. It's really anyone. And the reason we believe in this value proposition is that science is teaching us more and more about the harms of even, um, and this is going to be a little bit of, of, of jargon here, but transient postprandial hyperglycemia. What is that? That's a blood sugar spike you get from eating after a meal. Um, even these transient spikes, which all of us experience on the modern Western diet, uh, they can be harmful because it's a cumulative hazard. Over your lifetime, your cardiovascular system and your organs just kind of get these repeated, you know, paper cuts, if you will, of these spikes. Glucose at a high enough level is toxic. I'm not saying people get to that level every day in their meals. I certainly hope not. I think the vast majority of people don't. But how? you know, how much higher are we going than we realize? Um, how do we know? Well, we have these classic nutritional guidelines. We have the food pyramid. But once these continuous glucose monitors were developed, and once researchers started using them in academic setting on healthy individuals, we learned that, wow, there's a lot going on, you know, literally under the surface for healthy people that we didn't really anticipate. I think one of the most surprising findings was that different people have different responses to the same food. And this came out of a landmark study in 2015 out of a group in Israel where they had 800 people wear CGMs, continuous glucose monitors for two weeks, and they had them eat specific things. And they saw that the same person can eat a banana and experience a high spike, uh, but eat a cookie and have a much less um, dramatic increase in blood sugar. And then the reverse is true for someone else. Um, there's a lot of interesting science about why they might be, that might be, but the implications for the day-to-day -day of you know, everybody's health is that having a lot more granular information about what you eat and how it impacts your metabolism can be really valuable because our goal ultimately is to be metabolically healthy 
we know that something like 88% of Americans are not metabolically healthy. That doesn't mean they have full-blown diabetes, um, but that means that their metabolism is already dysregulated, possibly due to years and years and years of these kind of habitual um, lifestyle patterns that are just kind of grinding away at your body's ability to run these really complex hormonal systems. Yes. Well, yeah. I can't help but wonder, and you mentioned the word habit, you know, over the years, I've worked on so many uh, pharmaceutical, you know, agents that in their labeling, the indication says if diet and exercise fail, and it's mm -hmm. almost assumed, well, of course, diet and exercise are going to fail because people won't change. Does this new approach, does using CGM and using the data and feedback to the patient or the, you know, user, does that help change habits? Does that change their mindset or their sort of motivation to eat healthier? Well, I can answer that question, but for now, just anecdotally, yes. uh, it, it aligns with my expectation and my intuition. Um, I'm not a psychologist. That being said, we hear constantly from NutriSense members uh, and what many of them tell us was that they have tried for years to live a more healthy lifestyle because, you know, they're family member has a disease that they want to avoid, or they know they're at high risk. Um, and you know, they're failing to achieve those goals, but with NutriSense, with this combined three-pronged tool of continuous glucose monitor, an app that brings together multiple data sources to overlay with that blood sugar curve and a registered dietitian who sees your data, it can give you support in changing your habits. That's really the trifecta that's making a difference for them. So we're really leaning into that experience and um, trying to understand how we can deliver it for every one of our members. But we certainly hear a lot of success um, with this um, uh, feed forward loop, if you will, mm -hmm. right? I eat something, I see the immediate response. I'm gonna think twice about what I eat. And I've experienced it for myself, uh, certainly. It's really changed my perspective on you know, fruit, um, on my morning breakfast, I try to now rehabilitate how my kids eat just on, on the basis of observing uh, these blood sugar patterns. Yes. And I think there would be many listeners in all sorts of categories. And you mentioned a few renal disease and pre-diabetes, but how many diseases and conditions are affected. So I'm thinking about, uh, what we can hear when the patients speak just about their overall health and I'll, I'll call it fear, but at least, you know, thinking ahead of the, what could be, if I don't pay attention to my health and nutrition, what could we listen to? Um, sorry, I'm not sure I grasped your question. Yeah. Okay. There, there may be people uh, at pharma companies and all sorts of diseases and conditions where nutrition and, you know, health maintenance would affect the progression of mm -hmm. many diseases. Mm -hmm. So uh, they might be talking to their patients about their particular condition, but you and NutriSense may have a unique perspective from the overall health and nutrition perspective. So if we listen to patients or users and subscribers to your program, what could we hear them say Got about that you. overall? Yes. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, I think what we would hear them say is uh, an, a growing realization that glucose is a, a biomarker, kind of a measurement um, that can be affected by all kinds of, of aspects of health or dysregulated health. 
um, that paying attention to your glucose can help you understand when you're stressed. This was a surprise for me, um, but I've heard now from multiple of my colleagues, as well as other uh, members in the program that occasionally they'll say, like, I had this stressful experience, or even one of my colleagues said, every time I have a meeting about X, I can expect you know, my glucose to be impacted because this particular project or whatever is, is stressful. That's just one example, um, you know, of, of the many dimensions of our health that can be observed with, with this kind of data. Um, it's almost like a canary in the coal mine to tell you, you might not be aware or you might not feel directly something like, you know, pain or acute discomfort but your body is struggling to regulate your glucose and there's a reason for that and you should pay attention to it. And that can be relevant across, you know, mood disorders, people with chronic fatigue, which is a really difficult to understand syndrome. Um, but glucose metabolism seems to be wrapped up in it one way or another, you know, obviously cardiovascular, cardiometabolic diseases. Um, I, I think what we would hear when we start listening to our members is that, you know, like uh, maybe more traditional vital signs of, you know, your heart rate, your pulse, amount of oxygen in your blood, uh, glucose is really a marker that's valuable for understanding where you're at today across many dimensions. Very helpful. And Olga, yeah, the presenters of this podcast, uh, 83 Bar, are involved in patient recruitment of many kinds, patient engagement, but also patient uh, recruitment for clinical trials. And you mentioned the the difference between maybe diaries and, you know, food uh, tracking. Uh, how would true data, you know, tracking help in a clinical trial type setting? Well, it depends very much on the outcomes you want to measure, but- Certainly people in the pharma space, and I've dabbled a little bit in, in this area in my career, uh, are familiar with the fact that in most trials, you will have your responders and then you'll have your non-responders. You'll have people who tolerate the medication and you'll have people who have side effects. Uh, understanding exactly why and who those people are and being able to predict is, you know, in some sense, the holy grail of, of therapeutic development. Um, in a previous role, I worked on projects to use genetics to try and predict drug efficacy. Um, and uh, during my time at 23andMe, I was very interested to learn how we can use how we can use population level genetics to try and guess at which drugs would and wouldn't have side effects. Certainly, understand. Okay, I don't want to get too far off the path here. I have a lot to say about genetics because I spent so much time um, thinking about it during my career, but. Um, I think to, to bring it back to the main point, data, if, if gathered across the right dimensions, can help you understand why you may be seeing certain outcomes. Um, and if we think about something like glucose, I think it could be a really fascinating marker to track when we look at how people respond to a therapeutic, whether that therapeutic is directly to address uh, metabolic disease or not. Because, you know, as I, as I just said a little bit earlier, it, it can be thought of as a vital sign and understanding that vital sign um, can be useful in unpacking the mystery of why some people respond well to a drug and others don't. So good. 
Well, before we close, Olga, I want to make sure people know where to find you and, and also where to learn more about NutriSense. Thank you. Thank you for asking, Mark. I encourage all your listeners to check out NutriSense at NutriSense.io. There you can get all the information you need about our products, what it's like to work with a dietitian, how you can get started trying out a continuous glucose monitor. I think a lot of people might be put off by the idea of wearing this device, but I can tell you from personal experience, putting it on has very minor discomfort and then you just don't think of it. If people want to reach out to me, I encourage folks to find me on LinkedIn. I have a little bit of a funny name, but I think the spelling they'll find through your podcast. And I'm able to connect with people who want to learn more about my professional experience um, or anything else. We'll put those in the show notes. So Olga, now the NutriSense company, uh, I'll call it a health tech startup. There's a lot of innovation going on in this field. Where do you see the, in the future? How do we look ahead? What are some of the, you've mentioned uh, even the patients, the members, the subscribers thinking about their health potential. What else <laughs> can we think about the potential of this kind of data and applications of it? Great question. You know, I think, I think the fundamental, the fundamental value premise is still to be proven. And that's really, will you experience a better life in the long term? If you, as a healthy individual without a diagnosis of diabetes, learn more about your blood sugar and learn more about um, how to eat well for your body type, you know, will that ultimately pay off? I think we all believe that to be true, but I think what's really exciting is that in the coming years, we will start to see real valid evidence and NutriSense is very much part of that effort to demonstrate definitively um, how this can impact kind of long-term health and wellness. I think this is akin to the study of longevity. That's very, very hot now. Asking some of the same questions. If we improve the factors we believe to be contributing to longevity, will people actually live longer? And will they live uh, you know, longer with high quality of life? So that's what's coming down the road that I'm really excited about. Fantastic. Well, listeners, my guest has been Olga Sazanova from NutriSense. And Olga, you've really opened my eyes. I mean, I've always expected and have used the analogy of data as a storytelling tool. But as a listening tool, I don't think I appreciated it as much as uh, as you've described it. And so uh, thanks for sharing that with us. Oh, well, you're very welcome, Mark. It was a pleasure. And listeners, come back again. We're going to continue these conversations with leaders in healthcare from many different aspects of our industry, of providers, and patient advocates themselves as we learn better to listen to the patients speak. I'm Mark Stinson, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to The Patients Speak, healthcare innovations accelerating the patient journey with Mark Stinson. Presented by 83Bar, the patient activation company. Learn how 83Bar listens, educates, and navigates patients at 83Bar.com. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Subscribe now so you won't miss an episode of The Patients Speak. This podcast is produced by BSB Media. We also host another show you might enjoy, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. It's a top-rated podcast featuring interviews with creators around the world. We help you gain the confidence and connections to launch your creative work out into the world. Look for Unlocking Your World of Creativity on your favorite podcast app.